Okay, we're back after a two-week, three-week hiatus. Uh, Steve's been away in Croatia. We got Krista, Krista Kingston here on the here podcast today. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Welcome. Excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. How was your vacation? Oh, my God. It makes you not want to come back <laughs> when you're in Europe. Everything there is like... You know, one of the things I love about Europe is the... Um, and a lot of people might not know this, but they take siestas mm, yes. in Europe. Do you know yep. about this? Oh, yes. Yeah, if you've ever been to Europe, um, like they're very relaxed in Europe. Even mm-hmm. if you see like some high-strung areas or like in the middle of big cities and stuff, everything's way more relaxed. It's not go go go. Mm-hmm. Most people have like seven weeks of vacation over there, um, but the siesta is like everything kind of like slows stops. down or stops <laughs> in the middle of the day. Everyone goes to work in the morning, yeah. and then like one or two o'clock rolls around, and everyone's like. Didn't you, we should didn't go you, home didn't and you, sleep. Didn't you also go to Romania? Yeah. yeah everyone's all relaxed. Uh, uh, <laughs> not streets. everyone's relaxed in Romania. <laughs> <laughs> that's where my wife is from. Yeah. Um, but th- that's, a different, that's a different place. Uh, but it's beautiful. Beautiful country. Um, a lot of people don't that's awesome. even know um, that it would be a, a spot to go mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a beautiful vacation. But um, that's kind of the way they like it, I think. But Croatia. Like, but Croatia. Yeah. Oh, my God. Croatia reminded me a lot of Italy. Okay. Um, yeah, it's on the Adriatic Sea, mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's seaside it towns photos. and oh my gosh. mountains and beautiful crystal clear waters, and um, the, the food is amazing. And um, I was actually really surprised at, like, the infrastructure and how well maintained everything was hmm. and maybe that's just because i was coming from romania like <laughs> yeah, we went to romania first <laughs> oh we went to romania first and romania was like like you're driving in romania and it's like you just hope you don't die oh, good. like you're driving and i'm driving like a romanian car called a dacia and it's just terrible <laughs> and so you're driving around on these highways going like 150 kilometers an hour yeah. like... so so when i went to croatia for my honeymoon with mm-hmm. my wife um we went on a tour for two hours into like this waterfall area that steve had gone to okay, and, he went to but we took a tour bus and steve took a car and on the tour bus it said they told us yeah we can't stop if anyone needs to use the washroom you have to stop before because we can't pull over because there was like a croatian war of independence or something that had happened and they were at war for a long time um and there was mined active mines in the fields outside and he's driving in a car with his wife and little does he know there's active minefields probably so as we're talking as we're talking i'm like i'm like googling up um minefields in croatia and where they are suspected to be so it's like <laughs> right it's, it's like the, it's like the whole route that i t- <laughs> <laughs> there's okay. that ground, there's split. so oh my god that's there amazing. was split and you went outside split to those waterfalls yeah and yeah, yeah. which is basically um shebenic right there is, yeah is... so these are all active minefields still perfect <laughs> well it's funny oh uh, you know that reminds one of the last nights that we were there we we picked this. That was 2006. Maybe it's old. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe, maybe well. some maybe some people have died and some of those mines are gone I mean, now. I hope not, but uh, well, this is 2014. We, we were, <laughs> still, still there. We Nobody, went, who goes looking for them? We, we picked a restaurant way up in the hills. Like we stayed just outside Split, and you're on like the edge of a mountain basically. Mm-hmm. And we picked this restaurant, and we we're like, oh, it's going to be beautiful views and everything. And um and then so you're like, okay, well, how do we get there? You put it into the GPS, and it's like. Google Maps was like, oh, you just go this way. Simple. And it was like, 
the craziest road I've ever driven on. Like there was like 60 degree inclines on, and it just like the pavement ended like five minutes into this drive and it was just dirt, <laughs> grass, tracks going up this mountain, hairpin turning all the way up this mountain. I, and so when you told me about the mines, I'm just thinking, like imagine I'm just driving along this dirt. <laughs> the sides of the cliff were Yeah, it was and then wait, funny. Did, I, I, he told me this story the other day when he got back. And tell him what happened when you got up to the top. And you're like, is oh, there, like, yeah. So we finally we get to the top, and like I'm just like a ball of stress now. I'm like, yeah. <sighs> and we get there, yeah. And and the whole time in dinner, all I'm thinking is like, it's getting dark, and I gotta drive oh, back no. down that road. And so as we were leaving, we asked the the server at the restaurant. We're like how do like how does everyone up here look so relaxed like how does everyone get up here and he's yeah. like what do you mean and we're like well like we like we literally put the address in a gps and the crazy road that we had to take and he's like show me so i show him on the thing and he's like he's like oh my god no <laughs> no and he's like just go this way and it's paid the whole way <laughs> like damn you google maps <laughs> why why would you take me that way that's hilarious um, uh, good I to talk to the I locals, though. At least you know. <laughs> I didn't die. We didn't die. We didn't get blown good. up by a mine. We didn't fall off a mountain, so we're good. That's usually how the best stories start, though. Like, honestly, I... I'm glad that we have the story. Yeah, but... yeah. I went. I climbed Mount Vesuvius um, when I went to Europe, and we started going up, and halfway through, they stopped allowing other visitors from climbing the mountain, but we were already halfway up. So we continued to get like go up, and then when we had to come back down, it was getting like really crazy like it was windy like i don't know what exactly type of storm it was but it was serious like enough for them to close the tourist attraction so on our way back down no joke we were flying down this mountain because it's all gravel and the wind was pushing us so you'd be sliding like skidding down the mountain <laughs> and there was times when people were falling and stuff and like we all thought we were gonna die is it vesuvius but... the mountain that like yeah the one that, and, yeah, like, that covered pompeii, covered pompeii? And, yep, wow yeah yep, wow, that that's one. crazy so yeah but we lived so it's a good story now <laughs> when we were in croatia we were going from split to havar i think and we're waiting at like the pier and this these black clouds are like coming down over the mountains and we get into one of those catamarans we're inside the walls <laughs> and waves are we get out into the adriatic and waves are just smashing the side the captain comes down and he's like everybody in your seats oh but there was people lined up to the bathrooms and but the bathroom one like selfish person just locked the door and threw up in the bathroom the oh, entire time yeah. yeah but they they like claimed it for themselves and just had got seasick in it the whole time so everybody that was lined up down the boat were just throwing up on the floors oh, and the boats god. like rocking right to that left sounds like my worst nightmare oh my god <laughs> wasn't i don't rough when I, we, none of the days we I could feel the stomach drop feeling just from the going up the waves and down the waves. And I don't think Chelsea will open her eyes the entire time. And we're eating gravel like it's M&M's in the back. <laughs> I felt, and then we'd stop at like a pier to pick more people up before we got. And we're <laughs> like, like you, guys have, you guys have no idea what you're about to get into. And I think for about a day, we were just nauseous and the uh, world was spinning. And we had to like sleep it off. It was crazy. It's a cool place awful. though. Like, okay. like, cool place. Don't listen to Your death spirits yeah. aside. You're not gonna, probably not going to get blown up by a mine. <laughs> Probably not gonna throw up all over the sea. You're probably gonna be fine. <laughs> it is cool. You have to. You have to check out um, Dubrovnik. Yeah, we didn't have time. I. I that was in our original plan was to go to Dubrovnik. It's then... pretty cool. It's very similar to all the other places. Like if you've seen Split, you've kind of seen Dubrovnik, but Dubrovnik's got like the whole city enclosed. Yeah. And it's it the Game of Thrones stuff is cool. If you ever watched Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. Well, there was a couple Game of Thrones locations in Split actually. Are there? Um, mm -hmm. In Old Town in Split. Yeah. There's a 
um, just like a castle fortress in the middle of the city, and mm-hmm. you go underneath it. Underneath it. it. How that's cool is that? Where, that's where um, the tunnels are. Daenerys kept her dragons. Oh. If you watch Game of Thrones, so oh. yeah, it's kind of cool. You get I to see liked it. when you go down and you're going through those chambers, and then you like reach like a garden and chamber and yeah. stuff. Like it was cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it's a cool country. Um, great people. Just the the best days were were the unplanned days where you just kind of we just drove mm-hmm. and we'd be like we want to find a beach and we would just go to like a random town that was on the sea and go find a little bar on the edge That's of the cool. sea and and those were the best because you're out of the tourist trap yeah. areas you're kind of you're living a, like more like authentically bit, yeah local, not really kind of authentically like... i guess because okay. it's still close enough to the touristy stuff like we didn't drive hours and hours out of the mm-hmm. way but um yeah i mean europe in general just is a different world I love it mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just every time I go, I wish that I could stay. Yeah. You know? Not saying that coming back here is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Home is always a great place to be. Mm-hmm. You picked you picked a good time. Um, yes. It was pretty slow while you were away. The market was slower, but now it's starting to pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a lot of people are probably wondering about that because mm-hmm. the, the way that things were trending through the summer, and it's a typical way things trend mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the years, is that the summer slows down. Mm-hmm. People start to plan vacations and get away and then back to school sneaks up on everybody and mm-hmm. that takes up everybody's mental capacity I, mm-hmm. I find the two slowest times a year around christmas and labor day mm-hmm. like yeah. those two end of summer especially this year i think it was like emphasized more because everyone's trying to get the hell out of town oh, g- yeah. due to covid mm-hmm. um and we were saying all through the spring try and get your listings on during the spring we expect this summer to slow down once people get their freedoms back and then it slows down in the summer and we're all like why is it What's so slow and we're like on, we've yeah. been preaching this for months mm-hmm. uh, but it is slowly starting to pick up again going into mm-hmm. the fall now which we did expect um but we we were just talking before the podcast you only you also came back to a canadian election during a pandemic <laughs> i voted yeah well, that's good good for you i always do, I always do. but yeah that's uh that's a big topic of discussion that we won't get too heavily into um we like mm-hmm. to try to keep things Mm-hmm. more even keel um, yeah what, we don't need to get into what political views we have but um now that the liberals are in we can talk about the things that are expected to maybe come mm-hmm. um onto the liber- liberal agenda and one of those things is and we were talking about this before as mm-hmm. well um uh is the getting they're they're thinking about getting rid of the blind bidding mm-hmm. and bringing in open open bidding and i i know this is a very touchy subject because a lot of people that are outside the industry think this would be a great thing um, and I, I, I can see the debate on both sides, but I do, I do worry and I proceed with caution a little bit on, on the open bidding because I think that's mm-hmm. going to open up another can of worms as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a tough thing to, to have a, a easy discussion about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really heated topic for a lot of people. And I guess, you know, we mentioned this before, um, too, today is a lot of the vocal, um, proponents out there of, of something like open bidding and, and a lot of other things that have been discussed in real estate are are obviously, you know, first time home buyers, people that haven't had the chance to get into the market mm-hmm. yet. And um, you know, that's who's really hurting, I think, um, as we watch these prices Definitely. go up and up and up and the economy is kind of getting away from them. Um, so they're kind of clinging on to I think anything that they think is going to help them Mm -hmm. get into the market. Mm -hmm. The problem is most of the things, if not almost all of the things that have been discussed at the political level um, are band-aid fixes. These Mm -hmm. aren't things that are going to um, 
you know, on a wide level curb this price increase that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. That is a product of supply and demand. Mm-hmm. It, it's all it's all supply and demand, and yeah. and government intervention uh, very rarely will work. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it's one thing if the Bank of Canada, or they want to come in and help with interest rates to help get people back on their feet if the market were to go in a downward uh, trajectory. Mm-hmm. But to stop the blind bidding, it's just all supply and demand. And like one of the things is they want to try and um, talk about putting capital gains tax on primary residents. Mm-hmm. Well, the majority of homes owned in Canada are owned by the baby boomer generation. Mm-hmm. And they own a lot of these homes. And a lot of these baby boomers are retiring and are already retired. Mm-hmm. If you start taxing their primary residence, a lot of them are going to stay put and say, screw this, yeah. I'm not selling. And if that happens, even now we have homes. even less houses, which <laughs> exactly. is actually going to do the reverse effect and exactly. not help us. The other thing is with the blind bidding for people that don't know um, how the market's working is, Right now, it's basically a blind auction. Mm-hmm. Um, you come you come to the table without knowing um, what the other offers are. You know how many offers are on the table, but you don't know what the other offers mm-hmm. are. But the nice thing about that is without seeing what the other numbers are, you can do your own homework with your own agent who should be doing the proper homework to be able to show you mm-hmm. exactly what this home should be selling around. You should not be caring about what the other's offers are. You mm-hmm. should be coming in with what you're comfortable spending on what you believe the home to be worth. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about the blind bidding. And I understand there's people that push the envelope and win, but could you imagine if everybody got to see each other's offers? Now, all those people yeah. who can push the envelope are just gonna, bu- they're just other. gonna keep bullying the people that are first time yeah. home buyers. First time home buyers don't have big pocketbooks to continue to one up other people. You have mm-hmm. an investor from Toronto come in, like you were saying, Steve, if a first-time home buyer has a small budget, that that Toronto investor is just going to keep one-upping up, uh, one mm-hmm. them until they win. And now the first-time home buyers are going to be hurt. At least the mm-hmm. way it, it, it works now is, you know, everybody's on this even playing field. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got the ability to go out with, you know, a, a professional and view the home and look at all the comparables mm-hmm. in the area and come up with a game plan and then put that game plan into effect. Whether you're mm-hmm. an investor with a deep pocket mm-hmm. or you're a first time home buyer, you still both Everyone have to make like the same line, decision, right? you know? And mm-hmm. it's not about who's gonna go in and throw, right. you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars more than the actual home's worth. And mm-hmm. that's the misconception that we're getting here is people who don't really know that much about the way this works mm-hmm. is the misconception is that if someone's paying $200,000 over the asking price, that somebody is paying $200,000 more than they should than for what the it's house. Worth. Exactly. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. And we've had a million discussions on that mm-hmm. um, previously to this. But ultimately, the job is to go out and find out what the market says the house is worth, mm-hmm. not what the seller's listing the home for. Mm-hmm. That's the misconception that's happening a lot out there now. And it's causing a lot of grief yeah. for people. And it's, it's, it, it's just misinformation. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've talked about this in the past. The old market where you listed something a little higher than what it was worth, what all our parents are used to and anybody who purchased about 10 years ago mm-hmm. was just as dangerous. You just didn't know it. So if let's say you had a house that was worth 400,000 in the old strategies that were used when the market was less busy or less competitive, a $400,000 house may have been listed for four twenty nine nine or four forty four nine um, to allow room to negotiate the price down. So your agent still had to do a job to figure out on what the house was worth to know mm-hmm. what to negotiate it down to. But if the price was only negotiated down to four twenty, you'd be like, "Oh, that's awesome! I saved ten thousand dollars. My agent's the best. Go tell my friends." 
I got $10,000 off the price. It feels good. Social media wasn't a thing at that time. Nobody was going on social media saying, I just sold my house for Mm -hmm. 10,000 under list price. Nobody was bragging about that. So everybody just felt good about the deal. Mm -hmm. And little did that person know they still paid 20,000 more than it was worth. But today a $400,000 home is being listed for 249 or 229. Mm -hmm. So if they have to go 100,000 over, that doesn't necessarily mean they're overpaying. So if I took you to a home tomorrow and said, I can get you 430 to 400, or if I took you to the same home tomorrow, it was at 299 and I said it, you had to get 400. In the end, the home is still worth 400. Mm-hmm. It's just about the homework and it's the way you're perceiving it on the on the actual list price. So I do think that there's a lot of misconception out there. I do think that it's going to be very frustrating for first-time home buyers if there's open bidding and their budget's 400000 and they say, okay, I'm going to give it my best, 400 And that investor who blind would have blind bid maybe 395 says oh they're at 400 no i'm gonna go to 402 mm-hmm. and then the, the and first time that the first time buyers are capped, the first time home buyer can can't go over 400 it becomes yeah. an, it becomes an auction right and yeah. then how long until we start seeing more houses mm-hmm. listed for a dollar like exactly. you showed yeah. us today and i've yeah. seen it happen a couple times in toronto where now it's just okay we're listing this for a dollar go do your homework <laughs> go ahead go figure <laughs> out what what the area supports for price and what you think this house is worth compared to other houses that have sold in the area mm-hmm. and then bring your offers, right? I mean, things may change and evolve over time, but there's these misconceptions that people run with. And I mean, I, I the reason I wanted to talk about this today was because I read an opinion piece in the Windsor Star this morning that, that was, in my opinion, you know, what's <laughs> causing these prices to go crazy is the is the blind bidding and Mm -hmm. that's such a misinformed Mm -hmm. um opinion that that you know unfortunately people read in the winter star and a lot of people take it as fact and as news and there Mm -hmm. isn't really a lot to support that what we need to really understand is and let's dumb this down a little bit for people just to to clear the air here Mm -hmm. we're in a seller's market Mm-hmm. We're in a seller's market. A seller's market means that there is very, very, very little supply of homes on the market compared to the amount of buyers and the amount of demand that is out there for these homes. So on every home, we're getting multiple offers, mm-hmm. right? And ultimately, they're selling for more than they're asking, but that's also a strategy that's mm-hmm. used in the seller's market. That's mm-hmm. really, it's supply and demand. That's exactly. all it is. That's what it comes down to. That's, that, yeah. that's why, yeah, right. exactly. And I understand both have things about them. And I know like blind bidding, yes, it's possible that somebody could be winning by 30 or 40 grand more than they should. Right. But they need to be doing their proper homework and they need yeah. to tr- not get out of hand. The same way is if it was open bidding, People get caught up in the adrenaline rush and of an auction like, style. Oh, just a little more, just a little more, just, just a little, a little more. more. Like, well, and I think that's going to get crazier eventually. Right. right. If you're in an auction style bid, people keep one-upping each other, one-upping each other, and they get hyped up in that, and they yeah. don't realize you know, they're overpaying at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't feel like it because they didn't go 30 over the second place person. And at least person, they were able to see it, I guess. But... but they kept going one, 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 one. Even though they weren't 30000 above, they still overpaid. So mm-hmm. both have their pros and cons. I understand the frustration that everybody has with this market, mm-hmm. but it's it's nothing more than supply and demand. Everybody wants to point the agents at the realtors. Everyone wants to point the uh, finger at the investors, the GTAers, um, the, the banks, banks mm-hmm. uh, every, all the way down to inspectors, everybody. Yeah. But in the end, it's just we have a lot of people and not as many houses 
and we have to deal with it one way or the other. But every, no matter which way we go about this, there's still going to be something in this process that's not great. And, and truthfully, even with the blind bids now, if someone is paying, you know, 30, 40 over the next lowest bid, that was the decision they made. Maybe in their mind, that house is worth that. Well, okay. More, right? And that like, touches on another thing where houses don't just simply have objective value. Exactly. Houses yeah. are a very emotional purchase and mm-hmm. houses have a lot of subjective value to the individual. Mm-hmm. You don't always know why somebody might be paying thirty or forty thousand dollars exactly. over everyone else. Maybe mom and dad live down the street. Exactly. And I always you know, give that example. Right. Like and, when and, some house goes and through some crazy. Those are considered the the not arm's length transactions. But yeah. when you're looking at comparables and you're mm-hmm. doing all you can do, you can't see that you stuff. You can't see that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, right? So it, it's a really fickle thing. It's an open. It's an open market. It's a free market, mm-hmm. right? These are people's private properties, mm-hmm. basically that they're mm-hmm. able to sell how they want to sell them. And um, when you just use simple economics and you look at supply and demand the way it is, it's that's what's causing this. It makes sense, um, yeah. right? And and look, the government, you know, is continuing to bring in four hundred thousand. Um, you know, new people to the country, immigrants to the country every mm-hmm. year. If we don't have the new builds and the areas and the things to support in this already, influx yeah. of people coming mm-hmm. in, it's just going to continue to get mm-hmm. worse. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what policies you change. It doesn't matter the the little exactly. band-aid fixes that you use. Mm-hmm. That's just going to continue. Because it still just comes down right. to the fact that there's too many people and not enough houses. Yeah. basically yeah. <laughs> simple so, as that so we're not trying to trivialize the issue at all mm-hmm. because it is a complex issue and mm-hmm. it is an issue for affordability for people trying to get into the market but the only way in my opinion that you can change this for the better and make this better is you need to find a way to address the supply issue that we mm-hmm. have because taxing somebody's capital gains on their mm-hmm. personal residence or changing the way bidding is done isn't going to do it. It's mm-hmm. just going to it's just going to skew things in the favor of of people who have the means to exactly to pay more and mm-hmm. do right. more, right? I don't and know. And it's not helping our first-time home buyers. No, it's um, not. Looking at an article here from uh, Global News um, and it's titled How to Tame the Housing Wars: Why Open Bidding May Not Work. I think um, that was the article that I saw. And it, it talks about how open bidding is the way it's already and always has been done in Australia. And it says, um, while the, the country's process has been praised for its transparency, it's unclear whether selling homes at auction would do much to temper the impact of bidding wars on prices. And that uh, Australia's prices, home prices, went up 11% wow. um, just in May um, of this year compared to May of last year. So they're also up 11% um, in Australia and they're using they're using this strategy of open open style bidding and they're saying it basically isn't really changing it's going Mm -hmm. to be very similar Um, but the only thing is like you said I think it's going to skew the favor in the in the direction of somebody with deeper pockets which usually is not your first-time homebuyer and and, and it may be investors or think about this too it's the it's the number of people who already own homes that have uh, you know an an insane amount of equity in their Mm -hmm. home that they can use towards the purchase the, mm-hmm. of their next home. So, or even multiple right? people going together or to buy a home. Like, there's together, so many different right. so situations, first, first right? home buyers are going to have to get a little bit more creative, I mm-hmm. think, going forward. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to talk to them more about co-signers mm-hmm. and, you know, whether or not their family can help them with a down payment. Maybe they go in on it with a buddy or a friend or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. Just getting themselves into the market. You know, you might not get into your dream home 
as your first home. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I think a generation of people, I'm included in this generation, yeah. even though I'm an old guy <laughs> now. I'm still considered a millennial, although I consider myself an elder millennial. Um, but honestly, like, it's it's this it's this consumer attitude. It's this, you know, we're all used to going like, oh, the new iPhone came out. I'm yep. going to go buy the it's new so iPhone true. now. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I want a brand new car. I'm going to buy a new car. I'm going to leverage myself to the hilt. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of leeching its way into people's minds with homes as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I see my buddies. They're all living in a nice four-bedroom, three-bathroom house. I want a four-bedroom, three-bathroom house. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it's a million dollars. This is crazy, you know, and, and then that sparks all these debates. Yeah. And it's like, but there are options out there to get into the market mm-hmm. that aren't going to be your ideal, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the way you have to start. Yeah. Start building equity in something buy a condo, mm-hmm. you know, buy a fixer upper, mm-hmm. buy something that needs work, put some money into it, live there for some years, gain your equity, mm-hmm. enjoy in the gains all, of the All of our, all of our first time buyers that purchase houses that need a little more TLC seem to make more money mm-hmm. um, than the ones who buy the, 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 you know, people come in with the rose colored glasses and they go into the HGTV staged home. And they're like, Oh my God. And then they're competing with 20 people and pay a lot more than they should and then in three years when they go to sell because the average first-time buyer is only going to live three five years in that home they're going to go sell that home and be pretty upset when they realize they're not making as much as their buddy who bought the house that was grandma's house for 50 years and they went in and painted the walls and took out the carpets and you moved into a home like that and you're renovating it but you got it for a much lesser price and the amount of money you've put into it Mm -hmm. um is far less than what you're going to make exactly and you're going to come out a lot further ahead than the neighbor down the street that paid for it to be all done exactly i would rather you pay to do the work and be paid for the work you did rather than pay somebody else for the work they've done. Exactly. And that's the exact same situation I give to all my clients. I say the exact same thing. And it's so funny. Like everyone's first reaction is, oh, I don't want to live in a dump. And it's like, well, you don't need to live in a dump. There's happy mediums, right? Like, and that's, that's what this is all about is finding the level of work you're comfortable with. Um, but also having ultimately the goal of what's going to make you happy and what's going to help you grow with the market. So that's like my favorite type of home is like an old old yeah. person's house. I mean, assuming it doesn't have structural and... issues exactly, and furnace, AC, roof, everything. Like it's more the cosmetic. Like if we can mm-hmm. go and put um, some lipstick um, on the home and clean it up and make it look good enough, you mm-hmm. also need to make it just look good enough. You don't have to, if you're only going to live there three to five years, as long as it's livable and something mm-hmm. that you're happy with, and it's not falling over and you're maintaining the integrity of the home. A lot of people think they got to go in and rip walls down and they have to replace every floor. There's a lot of things you can do for a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. Like paint the cabinets, replace the handles, put a backsplash, maybe a countertop. You don't have to rip the whole kitchen out. I well, mean, and even even myself, like again, we were saying like I, I moved into an older home and um, there's quick fixes too. Like I had a terrible like yellowy orange tile when we first walked into our house. You did not get it. rid of it. Oh, I did. I like, just took it out finally. But, but we painted it. I love it. that yard. Yeah. But first, first thing what we did, did with that was we painted it because at least it was a quick fix and we could live with it that way. And now like we've lived in the house two years and we're, we're ready yeah. to do bigger projects. So now we've ripped it out. But You did not was, get rid of the green carpet. We did. Oh, we have like a lovely green linoleum that's showing now that we've taken up the kitchen floor. One room. You should have put take all those materials and put them into just one room of the house and just had that be like your like I'm not gonna lie I thought about like keeping little pieces of things and like framing them just cause like it's like a time capsule we when I was renovating Hickory we found 1948 newspapers from the Windsor Star and we we cut out the 
the real estate ads in it and turn them into coasters. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's cool. cool. I oh. found like a super old hockey card in the baseboards of one of the bedrooms. It was like from 72 or something. Google like, that. Pretty cool. I, Google I did. That. It wasn't I worth saw much. an article on, online. <laughs> cool. I saw an article online player. the other day. Someone was renovating their house and they ripped open the wall and there was a doll in the wall holding a note that said, I killed everybody in this house. <laughs> Did it laugh like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. (laughs) Well, and we're, again, we're doing renovations, so we have, like, different walls kind of open and stuff, and we have one spot where there's, like, just a perfect little hole, and we're going to stick a newspaper in it just, because why not? Yeah. It's like a little time capsule. Or or the guys that that, uh, previously owned a house that, in the bathroom behind the wall, it said, like, like we're the Changs, and this is 1987. It's like, what's wrong with, with the way bathroom, we did yeah. the, this bathroom? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that too. I've, I've, stuff that you yeah. can um, I know people have like left a beer for the next person who's doing a renovation, like a beer on me. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's really cool. I wouldn't good. try that beer though. Yeah. Uh, depending how old it was. No. Um, Not good. I'm gonna tangent off a little bit because Krista, a lot of people don't know as well just because you've you're up coming up on your first year mm-hmm. next month mm-hmm. um she's only Woo. but made it chris <laughs> yeah. has been behind the scenes for two years before that about i think i'm almost three years yeah. so three years yeah, so three two years two years prior yeah, than and then one as an agent part of this team. Mm-hmm. so krista helped build this team when we first moved to Walkerville and built the team, but she was behind the scenes, got licensed, and now is part of the team. Mm-hmm. Coming up on your first year, do you regret it? <laughs> <laughs> the million dollar question. Um, no, <laughs> definitely not. There's, it's honestly, it's been such a rewarding, crazy year. It's been an absolute world whirlwind, and I just feel like I won the lottery by getting to know this guy, and so, it all worked out okay in you. the end, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's been crazy. There's a uh, you hit your goal last week? Yeah, yeah. Or yesterday? Or yesterday, yesterday. 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 Yeah, which is yesterday. something that I honestly did not think I would do. So, yeah, it's it's been a crazy year. It's been a, a huge learning experience. There's been a lot of ups and downs, but... Uh, yeah. I don't think that stops. No. And I, and you know what? The good news is every time I run into a hiccup and I think it's the end of the world and I call Joe like, oh, what do I do? Um, it's a learning experience. And then next time that comes up, I know I don't have to panic and call Joe. So you're welcome. Yeah. I'm learning. Well, Thank the, you. Thing is, the thing is, there's always going to be someone to call. There's always going to be mm-hmm. someone that's, um, you know, gone through that experience. Mm-hmm. This, this, <laughs> this job and this business is never going to stop surprising us. Mm-hmm. You'll just get better at it. Yeah. 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 Thing, you know, 15 years Roll down the punches the road, a little we're better. Still gonna, we're still going to end up being like, oh my God, I haven't mm. seen this before. Like, yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you talk to some of these realtors that have been in the business for 30 years, mm-hmm. they still say the same thing. Yeah. You're a, hockey, like, you're a hockey player. You're still getting hit into the boards. Every <laughs> yeah. single time you're out there, you're still getting a stick to the face. Yeah. You just get better at yeah. taking yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Every time your phone rings, you have a mini heart attack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time it's, you know, you're dealing with a, mm. with a fresh new problem. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, but that's the name of that's the business. true. And I mean, that's the, the greatest thing about having a team is that, you know, even if you don't know the answer, because yeah, I mean, you do know most answers, but maybe, yeah, right. maybe uh, Steve just, just dealt with something like that. And you're like, Hey, give yeah, Steve it's a awesome. call. No, so it's, it's great because I feel like that's the nicest thing about the team. Is even that Zach. There's so many, even, oh, even Zach, who's our newest agent, yeah. um, 20 years old, he kids full of knowledge. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I lean on him for some questions sometimes because exactly. he, he's Zach, out there in the trenches. Zach and I are, we kind of are a good, uh, partnership. We, we bounce a lot of ideas off each other and, and we're it's been a great relationship that we've kind of built because we both kind of have similar schedules where we're kind of you know running around and things are crazy and you know we're both kind of newer in this and trying to figure it out still so it's nice to have someone else that we can Mm -hmm. kind of like confide in and and kind of yeah bounce ideas off of each other and 
it's it's been great to have him around because I feel like I'm not so like. What's been your favorite thing oh. so far? <laughs> um. Like one of your favorite things about the job. I think just like honestly like it sounds so tacky but like meeting people like mm -hmm. i just i'm a people person obviously i like to talk <laughs> View, viewing and, viewing homes it's interesting yeah, it's yeah. always different and i mean yeah i love i love i have like a, a i think my love for like vintage or like kind of older unique things have has grown even more with this whole experience but that's like one thing that i like love doing is i love going through a house and seeing those houses that are like a time capsule where they have like you know the crazy shag carpet and mm -hmm. 3D wallpaper and crazy what, tiles in the back you, backyard. What did you go to school for? Um, I went to school for fashion design. Yeah, so, so you've got that design. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. it's it's cool to see. I mean, she's repping my hoodie today. Yeah, that's, yeah I was that's... going to. It was too. It was too, <laughs> I was too thinking hot. About it. It was too, it was too, too hot. hot. It's freezing today. It's no, like it's fall. not. I'm I from like, Saskatchewan. I'm like the coldest. I have like person four or five of those hoodies, <laughs> and they're all they're all in the wash right now because I wear them religiously. They're comfy. They're well, really. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. wearing my relatives for life. It's yeah. not the real ones. Oh, relatives. Just shameless self promotion all the time. It's true. I'm gonna start just. I want hat. We need to make hats. We got yeah. them coming. Hats Ooh. are hats are coming. Yeah. And me and Jill yeah. were talking about a t-shirt the other day. I, I think t-shirt design. A tattoo so. on all our foreheads would oh, be yeah, really cool. Oh yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. Perfect. For anybody looking to get into this business, what was like the biggest thing? Did you? Is it harder than you thought? Is it in like what would you say? Like a lot of the people answer to that, that is yes. 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 Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's funny because I think one of the biggest surprises that I had was I thought it was like you work so hard to sell the house and then once you sell the house you're like okay done did it woo that would but that would that go against that would go against our our slogan yeah, yeah. that would go exactly. against our no but not even that i mean You're just realtors for this yeah. no i just mean more or less from Sign from it. the point of the house is sold to closing there's a lot more things that oh, yeah. that go between that time period that I think um, when you look at what a realtor does on paper, you just assume that all you do is run around and look at houses, write offers, and then you're done. Um, but there's a lot more little details that go into the between the sale and, and closing. Um, that was a that was a big surprise to me. And then like I guess the only other thing is just um, balancing everything. <laughs> it's one of those things. Flexibility is a, a curse and a blessing at the same time because I would agree. I think everybody gets in this business thinking yeah. it's like freedom. I can call my shots, my own schedule. Oh no, 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 no. no. You, you are a slave to your phone. <laughs> um, and you work for everybody around mm -hmm. their schedule. Um, and that is also what makes the working on the team great. Cause we all can work together mm -hmm. to give ourselves some free time, but like a solo agent, no, you're never know. on vacation. You're never off on a weekend. Mm -hmm. You're never off. You're 24-7. Um, we do have, a, you know, a, a ability to give each other some freedom. But mm -hmm. it, that, I think, is a big misconception, misconception that yep. people think they can just come in and it's like this and, free job. But it's and hard. And truthfully, if you, I mean, you can give yourself those days. Like, let's say but then I you feel decide, guilty. Exactly. I was going to say that's the side of it you don't even think about is that in the back of your mind, you're going, oh, I need to text that person. Oh, I need to call this person. Oh, I should really reach out to so-and-so. I haven't talked to them in a week. And it's, it is hard to fully take, you know, a day off or a weekend off because your brain is kind of always thinking about those things or you forget for a half a second and then it rings, your phone rings and <laughs> you're reminded again. So it's one of those things. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of flexibility in the job, but at the same time, it is obviously demanding and, and you kind of have to work with what's going to be best for your clients. Cause you don't want to say no. And then maybe that was their golden opportunity, right? Like well, that's, that's, that's the, the burden that you take on by, yeah. Exactly. And, what, and one of the ways that we we can really um, sell our, our services to people is to be able to say, look, mm -hmm. if I'm not available for whatever reason, mm -hmm. there are 
five other agents mm-hmm. on this team mm-hmm. that that are going to be able to to get you into that house mm-hmm. or to take you to this um, walkthrough. It would or... be pretty rare occurrence that we didn't have anyone no one available. Was available. Yeah. Right. And we... and the nice thing too, like about our team is. I have full confidence that if I have to reach out to yes. anyone on my team to take them through the house, I know they're going to be taken care of with the same kind of like-minded. Yeah. And, we've, um, and I think Joe's done a really good job mm-hmm. of sort of um, tailoring the Definitely. the personalities in this team to yeah. to mesh. Mm-hmm. Right. We we don't just have you know a couple outliers that just don't get along that mm-hmm. don't want to you know hang out that don't want to mm-hmm. work together. We we all have a very like-minded attitude mm-hmm. and that is brand recognition really for mm-hmm. other people like if i know if if mm-hmm. you know you have to go show one of my clients a home because i'm busy that mm-hmm. you're going to give them the same run through of a home exactly. and you're going to give them the same service that and i will we'll see mm-hmm. on social media someone say hey does anyone know a realtor and there'll be lots of recommendations but it's it's like a blessing to see our team come up you know 10 13 times and it's not just go see joe go see joe go see joe mm-hmm. it's like Go see the Joe Conlon real estate team. Jill was amazing. Mm-hmm. Krista was amazing. Mm-hmm. Steve and Zach helped me with it. It's yeah. all over the map. And every everybody doesn't look at it like one entity. Everybody mm-hmm. knows we're a unit. We're a group. It's yeah. it's it's awesome. You've seen a rise in teams a lot lately um, in in the real estate world. And I and get it. it it's and, a lonely and, and, business. It, well, yeah. it's a lonely. Business. It is a lonely business. And I didn't start that long before you, Krista. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in the business three and a half years mm-hmm. now. Um, but it's a lonely business when you start on your own. I don't mm-hmm. think you went through that really, no. right? Because you had no, I was lucky. You, you, yeah, you were part of the team. <laughs> but but even the first you know almost year that I was in this on my own, it's you know you're you're struggling for for answers a lot of the time mm-hmm. and what to do and how to balance everything. And um, teams just kind of help with everything. Mm-hmm. And I think clients are the ones that benefit from that. It's Definitely. not just, you know, it's not just us. Not just yeah. like, even, oh, I get some free list, time Not back. even just a buyer, a listing. Hey, I yeah. like your house on whatever street. Can I go see it tonight at six? If I'm a solo agent, I already have appointments. I'm right. either scrambling or trying to inconvenience another client to move that to make it work yes. or I got to hold them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can now say, I'm on a meeting tonight at six at that time, but let me call one of my other yeah. five or six agents and we'll get yeah. somebody in. Mm-hmm. And almost every time that's going to happen. Well, right. And yeah. and even like how many times have I come into the office and been like, oh my gosh, this just happened. What do I do? And everyone's here and they're like, oh, do this, do this, do this. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm able to like throw something together because I have everyone's feedback. Whereas on my own, I'd be like, Ugh, better like, you know, yeah. come up with one solution maybe. There's pre- it's pretty rare you don't run into an you run into an issue that not no one, one of us has had exactly. has had that issue before knows yeah. how to take care of it. And um, it's not even that because I mean if you're a solo agent you have an issue you can always lean on the management at that brokerage mm-hmm. or whatever. But it it's, is nice I think to have it's a more the conversation and and have it be a little bit more casual yeah. and not so like gotta go like bring this up to somebody right. Like it's nice to just have yeah like a more casual candid conversation about it and i found when i worked as a solo and i had agents knock on the door and come in and ask how i was doing and how the business was a lot of the questions were actually just selfishly asked because they wanted information from you they wanted to extract things from you they wanted to get information from you it wasn't really truly maybe caring. not even maybe not even consciously yeah i think a lot of people from what i remember they're sizing being, being each other up yeah like, it's it's one of the things on that was doing. one of the things that was really hard when you're first starting being in you know an office in in one of the um main branches was just hearing the success go on around you mm. you know it's and kinda, hearing, yeah you know it and it's yeah it part of it's discouraging the other part of it is is it lights a fire under you to try to you know 
get there and, and hustle. And um, I think that's the whole reason I ended up on the team was because mm-hmm. of how much I was hustling around mm-hmm. that office. But it's tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. but again, we're more client focused mm-hmm. and it's all about how can we give the best service to these clients. And that's by having the team that we have. And now there's, you know, like, like there's 10 of us on the team, including mm-hmm. our assistants and mm-hmm. our office manager. And, um, you know, with that team comes just this level of care and service that mm-hmm. I know for a fact I could not provide on my own. Mm-hmm. I just know that. I, well, I It's inherent. There, there's a lot. It, sorry, Krista. It's, yeah. it's, a lot of people get into this business and all they all they're, they're drooling and they just want money and they want to make money and they think that's what it is. Honestly, that if that's the mindset, it's never going to work. Yeah, it's so if true. you come in, it's your reputation, client care, the way you treat them, the way you continue to treat them. If you take care of your clients like family and treat them like family and you continue to do that forever, not just for the transaction and you continue to continue service your clients for any agents that are listening and you want to know how to do it, just give a shit. <laughs> like I I truly think, and this goes to any business, like yeah. look at any successful business, it's all down to true give a shit customer service, yeah. not like fake phony customer service, like, hey, how you doing? Oh, you had a baby? Here's this, here's that. Like going there, hugging your clients, congratulating them, popping champagne with them, like that yeah. true like, like and, and, re- and truly care, like yeah. don't do this stuff for show. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people out there who in phony. any endeavor in life, it's phony. And you can, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can typically you can spot it. Mm-hmm. It's just truly care. And mm-hmm. I think you should only be in this business as a as an agent, as a realtor, if you care. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know... Uh, You're going to lose a lot of deals if you care, but that's right. good. That's yeah. a good thing. Right. That's the person that's going to say, shit, like that guy just told me not to buy a house. That guy just told me not... He told me to wait six months. That guy mm-hmm. told me not to, you know, stay where you're at. I mean, you and I met with a couple at a condo yeah. not too long ago, and they were ready to sell and buy. Mm-hmm. And Chris and I came back and said, I don't think that's wise. Yeah. I think you're ha- what you're looking for, you already have. And we let a deal walk away. But that person now, any note fund they know, they're going to be like, oh, my God, these people mm-hmm. aren't looking for They're just right. looking to help each other out. And you'll be surprised how much twofold fourfold that comes mm-hmm. back to you and it's and crazy. even those people like we even went as far as like we met with them twice right and mm-hmm. then like i showed them a couple properties but every property they saw they were comparing it to what they had and, and you're we, looking at what they want you're like you have you're like it, make, it doesn't make sense but yeah so we kind of like talked and we kind of just said like you know what like truthfully you might be happier where you are so for now yeah for now for exactly for now. and if you need us you know and where if to your find circumstances us. <laughs> change in the future yeah you know, if your budget gets bigger if you get a new job and mm-hmm. your and mm-hmm. your budget goes up and you know, then we can talk. I mean, you're already in the market. If they already owned a place, yeah, exactly. they're going to grow exactly. with the market. Show right? the extra 10 houses. Mm-hmm. Educate your client. Do the proper job. And you're going to get 10 more clients. Yeah, exactly. If you don't and you rush your client, you push them and you and they go into something they're unhappy with, you're not getting that phone call back. No. You're not getting that referral. That's the end of the line. And you're going into a short fuse, lonely business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everyone on the team sees that. I think that's why we work well together. Mm-hmm. I think we've all kind of fed off each other in that same in that same way. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's allowing us to grow and have a really good culture and um brand in this city and mm-hmm. it's growing and the way it's the, our trajectory is going i think we're going to continue to be successful and no braggadocious Josh's rights i'm i'm bragging at the fact that we're being successful because we actually care about our clients and yeah. I, I take a lot of pride in that i'm like good and- good like i'm i'm glad to say we have a very successful team because we actually service our clients properly mm-hmm. and i was going to say like even the fact that 
it's not only the team, but we have people working behind the scenes too. Like that are amazing. That we have, All of them. we have three amazing assistants I mean, and four now. Four now, sorry. And um, I haven't met her yet. <laughs> She's in the and, background. Um, oh, okay. I'll say <laughs> hi. Um, but yeah, so four assistants, and they're they're taking care of a lot of these things mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Like if I don't have time to go buy a gift for my client, I can say to the assistants, "Hey, do you mind you know picking something up and dropping it off at their house?" And that does go such a long way because it's like no my intent my thought is there and i really want to do it but unfortunately i'm busy with and that's going to what you were saying so you're saying yeah you would you would curl up in a ball and cry if if you had to think of all the things that we built i would like if i went back to solo i know all the things i should be doing but i just wouldn't be able to especially with a family and a wife yeah as your database gets bigger Mm -hmm. because you've helped more clients along the way Mm -hmm. and you know and and now now i'm not only three years into the business say i'm 10 years into the business Mm -hmm. and now i've got all these you know past clients that Mm -hmm. i want to continue this relationship with because we're your realtor for life Mm -hmm. like that's the the tagline's not just a fancy tagline. It's like, I want you to know that I'm still here. Mm-hmm.